Speak softly loud So no one hears us but the sky The vows of love we made We live on till we die My life is yours And I'll be cold You came into my world With love so soft Good evening everyone And here we are again the Hollywood Godfather podcast. I got my partner up there, Pat. And how you doing? And the princess is with us again, <laughs> Megan. Hi guys, how you doing? Well, you know, we've had so many inquiries by emails, any way you want to do it. And we want to make a couple of things clear tonight of why the mafia was originated in Sicily as a necessity to survive, and then it grew out of control. And I can remember the one day when I met Mr. Costello after he telling me to join him at the, and for you people I'm talking about Frank Costello, mm-hmm. not Abbott and Lou. <laughs> <laughs> not to be mistaken. Not to be mistaken. And he wanted me to know, and he had a, 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 an amazing story behind it, and we sat there and he said, you know, I came to this country because of your uncle, but I want you to know why we had to take control of our beginnings and protect our, fa- our families and friends. And he took it out on old ad when they were building the dam, uh, the reservoir in Central Park. There was an ad in the, the local newspaper and it listed all the laborers they needed and the type of work they'll be doing. And at the end of the list, after Puerto Ricans and blacks and everything else, they what they said, WAPs. Hmm. It was the lowest pay rate. They worked more hours than everybody else. And he said, this is how we got involved. And then they got involved in everything, and fortunately the unions, and they never let go. And so then, this was a matter of survival when they came here at the turn of the... 20th century, right. basically. Right. I mean, these people were confined to Italian ghettos, couldn't speak the language, no major support, and they were discriminated against, like the Irish were 20 years before that. Right. Hmm. So, but that's, you know, that's something that he carried around this old yellowed. How, how old was this ad? How old was the ad? Oh my yeah. God. It had to be in the 30s, I think, the dam was built. And he carried this thing around with him. Well, I think he brought, I don't think he carried it every day. I think he specifically wanted to let me know what this thing is about. Mm. Okay, all right. And I don't think he had it in every suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he brought it for you. Yeah, well, he obviously thought a lot about it. I mean, it's well, uh, yeah. yeah. And you know, the, the situation over in Sicily was a totally different situation. How the mafia got started, because they were they were taken over by Spaniards, uh, Romanians. Sicily was invaded, I don't know how many times, before it settled with, with the Italian government. But there were so many different rulers. And going back in the 19th century, even the 18th century, a lot of these uh, Italian-American families were farmers and working for a landlord. Mm-hmm. And all the crops and everything else, they were taken. And they got a piece of it. But they were being abused in fact, I, hold, I heard of an old Sicilian family that uh, went, got rebellious because there was an unwritten law 
where the landlord could sleep with the bride before the groom if they chose to. And it was a big gesture of showing respect that he was at that wedding, it was on his property, and he would give it the hand of the bride to the groom. The Sicilians were ruled going back to the Phoenicians, the Romans, the Arabs, the French, the Spanish people. Everybody had a piece of Sicily. I know. So these people were really downtrodden. And finally, in the, in, in the late uh, uh, 18th century, when uh, Sicilians finally got to rule their own country, they were ruled by wealthy Sicilians, uh, landowners who were basically ripping off these farmers and peasants. So it was almost a matter of survival to right. band together and form a group hmm. to protect themselves. That's all they did. And that's, that, I mean, and that's that was what the it was supposed to be. It was formed. They, they were, protection. This was... This was not an. Uh, this was not a criminal organization. No. But like everything else, greed steps into it. Hmm. But you know, that went on for years and years, though, over there in Sicily. And then it wasn't until uh, the early 1900s they started coming over here, and a lot of like even Carlo Gambino. I mean, he he came over here as a made guy. At 19. At 19. Wow. He was, his family is still probably one of the most powerful families in Sicily today. You know, there were, uh, the, the, the mafia was one of uh, four groups. There was the, uh, the uh, Camorra was one of them. The Camorra was in Naples. Uh, I know all those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Naples. Uh, there was a group in uh, Calabria that I can't pronounce. I can spell it. You tell me how to pronounce it. N-D-A-N-G-H-E-T-A. That was the criminal group. In Calabria, I have no idea how to pronounce that. Say it again. N as in Nora, D as in David, R A N G H E T A. That was the criminal. Murata Kambare. That, that's the oh, name. That's that, that, that's the Calabrese. Yes. Yeah. Well, I couldn't. I was trying to figure out how to say that. Runata Kambare is the Calabrese. Oh my God! All right, and. In uh, uh, Puglia, there was a there was a group called the Corona Unita. Sakara Corona. Yeah, yeah. Sakara Unota. Yeah. Mm. That, I have a farm in Puglia. I have to I have to know them well. <laughs> they. Yeah, let, I wasn't aware. I thought I thought the uh, the mafia was the mafia, and they were just oh, no. Sicily, but there were other groups. I didn't know that. These four groups are very present in their territory, and they don't cross lines. Hmm. And, and the, the the group in Puglia was interesting because my aunt is still there at 108 years old. And my oldest son is living on that farm now. And my two grandchildren went to a school in Puglia. And we're known through that part, but we know that that, that, that group is an amazing group. And they never bothered like my aunt my aunt's probably one of the wealthiest people there. She has a, a, a truffle farm. Oh my I, I love truffles. Yeah, well. She, yeah. Who, who does it? They're expensive. Yeah, yeah. but uh, she has a truffle farm. She's a little old lady. Huh. But they love her. They bow her head when she comes into the, in the, wow. in the piazza. That's great. But, uh, but I, got, the, I, I got really close to the uh, Camorra in Naples 
because Nick Nitty, who was my partner with the Vatican and everything else out, out of uh, Chicago, we spent a lot of time in Naples. And that family is a powerful family and very strong. And But it's like anything else, you know. Nick and I were very smart because when we went places like that and we knew we had to see them, we'd give them an, a tiding, an envelope. Hmm. It was like paying your dues and respecting them. They, that's why even to today, people see me and they always say, that kid's a good kid. At 77, they still say the same thing. But you know, it, 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 it's crazy when, when you start to think of it because of the, of the respect. You know, Carlo Gambino, Frank Costello, all those guys, they came over with orders to take over Matarano. And they did. Now, the word uh, mafia comes from uh, uh, Sicilian and Arabic slang. I didn't know there was Arabic involved in this, but it, it uh, loosely translated it means acting as a protector against the arrogance of the powerful. Oh, wow. That's what mafia means. I never knew that either. Wow, yeah. I never wow. knew that. That's wild. My, uh, my oldest grandchildren go to school with the grandchildren of the boss of Puglia. <laughs> so I, I told him it's always good to, to keep that kind of company. <laughs> no, but the, over there, it's totally different than what, what we're seeing here, you know, because I have the blessing of, of the four, which was very odd. But I did that because of the farms and everything else we got involved in, and we branched out to so many things. But the whole key to us and our success, even with Nick and I, Nitty, was because of we had, you know, that, that kind of ruling. I remember one time we were at the Ambassadori Hotel and a guy came in from Sicily that used to meet us every once in a while. His old man Grappa, he's got one arm. So we're meeting him, we got in the night before and we went out and we should have known better. And we went to a, a place called the Bianco Elefante and it was on the Via Cecilia. And they always knew American tourists. So we got there and we go to the bar and here comes all the girls. Champagne, I want champagne, and, you know. They, they want you and they buy a bottle of champagne. Your, your check will be four or $500 in a minute with these girls. Cigarette. So all these girls came and Nick has always been a nut. And so we said we spent some money, who cares? And then when we got the check, it was ridiculous. We said, we're not paying. So the guy grabbed me, two big guys grabbed me. I said, let me just tell you something. I'm not threatening you. And I gave him the money. I think it was like ridiculous money. I said, but guess what? Tomorrow, by tomorrow, you'll be looking for me to beg me and give me the money back. And they started laughing. That afternoon, I'm sitting with my old man Grappa. Now this is the guy, this is the guy that cut off his arm in Sicily. He's got one stump. He, he cut off his own arm. His own arm. When he got caught, they handcuffed him to a light pole, and he carried a knife that he used to eat his fruit with, and he cut it off his elbow, snapped it. And then when he came back, the only arm was there. This guy is still alive That's today. That's the most terrifying story I've ever heard. So now we're there, and he said, what'd you guys do last night? So we went out, we went to a couple clubs. He said, what I tell you to do? Not to go to these clubs, because he already heard about it. Mm. I said, well, you know, the guy's got a little out of order. 
He said, I wanted to hear from you. Tell me the story. I told him the story. So we always had an army around him. He calls the guy over, whispers in his ear, and we continue. We have lunch. Fifteen minutes later, because Via Cecilia from, from the Via Venero is right around the corner. They rolled two hand grenades in there. Those two guys were killed. Oh, my gosh. They rolled an army hand grenade in the club. So Nick and I, we're, we're here, you know, it was right around the corner. So now everybody's, you know, in the hotel and, and looking out the windows. You know, it was summertime. And somebody said, they just blew up the Bianca Elefante. <laughs> I said, oh, man, I should have got my money back first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was out of order. So oh, my no, gosh. They, they, that's one thing. These guys don't play games. I mean, if, if they respect you, you are respected for a long time. Mm. But uh, I've seen well, they, they so were, many they, they were even strong. Uh, the mafia was even strong in the 1860s when uh, Italy... Uh, uh, unified with Sicily, but Sicily became a province. Uh, and they actually asked the mafia for help to, to keep the crime wave down. Oh, yeah, I know. And they thought this was going to be temporary. Well, we know how that ended. Hello, yeah. Uh, and they got stronger and stronger with the backing of, uh, of, of Rome. Right. And it, it, it got out of hand, and the rest is history. Yep. And they, the, uh, uh, Rome decided to look the other way. Uh, with whatever uh, uh, criminal enterprise they were involved in, because the mafia was uh, controlling the uh, the uh, peace in, in in Sicily. Right. Without them, there would have been there would have been chaos. Well, yeah, because you always have like it's like I went on even here. We get a new fashion. Even the uh, Catholic Church. that they used to be a hundred years ago. Right. The roles were reversed. Right. Uh, so they got to be, uh, in, in the 1870s, 1880s, they, they started to really become a very strong criminal organization. And that's why when they tried to, not too, not too many years ago, in fact, I, I just left and I heard about it, when they started to crack down on all the mafia heads in Sicily, this, they, they grew, they, organized, and they said they would turn themselves in at a court right outside of Palermo. They calculated all the people that were going to hold court against them and have to sit in front of them, where they lived, how they got to work. And simultaneously, as they got on the highways and on the on-ramps to get to the courthouse, they blew them all up. They took out seven magistrates in an hour. Yeah, being a magistrate in Sicily is uh, a dangerous job. It still is, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're always trying to grandstand. Remember when Pistone went over there years ago? No, I don't know. What the, what's that story? It was Pistone. Uh, oh, not, 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 not Pistone. Uh, you're talking about the uh, NYPD lieutenant in the early 1900s. Yeah, what's his name? Starts with a P, but it's not Pistone. Joe Pistone was the guy who worked undercover with the FBI. Yeah, maybe that was confusing. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, his first name was Joe. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, he allegedly went to Sicily to get an award. He never came home. I know. <laughs> I think they Petrosino. lured Petrosino. 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 That's right. It was named after a suit. I remember that. Petrosino. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, cops that, in fact, he was the, the head of the anti-mafia squad for the NYPD. He decimated the Black Hand uh, in the New York City area. And he was lured to, to Sicily under the guise of getting an award for doing that. Right. And what they he, he arrives and they never heard from the guy again. I mean, they killed him. <laughs> no, I mean, he, but he, he got his award. He got the award. Oh yeah, it was the next morning. But <laughs> and the, the thing, next day he's dead. No, but that, that's. I mean, I hate to laugh about that, but that, now I'm seeing what I haven't seen in the last ten years, fifteen years, how reorganized organized crime is getting in this country because mm. that's why everybody's asking me like I don't know I wouldn't know why they think I would know uh, is the mafia still alive it's it's scary alive now but now it's organized and now they all realized it's a secret organization again yeah, all over again well the people that didn't make it a secret organization are gone yeah hello yeah, yeah. but the, the unfortunate thing is about six other organized groups in, in, in the United States that are worse. So when did it first start to come to the United States? Early 1920s, 1920s. it got really powerful. Right. Uh, Mussolini tried to put them down, uh, and he was meeting with some success, because it, it was just, you know, it was they were leading up to World War II, but when World War II uh, arrives, the Allies depended on the Mafia. Oh my so they God, had to yeah. back off. Well, just in the waterfront, and the waterways, I mean, they brought in uh, um, Vito Genovese or Charlie, Charlie Luciano. Uh, well, Luciano was doing time uh, for for, for uh, uh, pandering, right? Uh, Which was but, a ridiculous. Uh, charge. He, he, he was approached by the federal government. Can you imagine that happening now? Anyway, oh he was approached by the federal government to say, you know, these uh, uh, German submarines are, are taking out our, our, our cargo ships. Right. We need intelligence, so we can't get into the place because it's run by the Italians. We need help, so they worked a deal. They actually uh, where he would help, and he would be released mm. from prison after the war. And the, the federal government kept its word, but they deported him. Right. He had to go back. Okay. To Italy. Right. Wow. And that's when that's when uh, Carlo Gambino took over. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. The, well, there was a void. Yep. And, that's when Carlo. And he filled and... the void. But uh, from and, uh, what I understand, I, maybe you can tell me whether this is a rumor or whether it's true. Luciano, when he was deported to Italy, made his way to Cuba and was there for quite a while. Oh, yeah. He, he, but, yeah, I, I saw him down there. Okay. No, he, no, he was there. I, I was, I mean, in The Godfather 2, they had it where that was New Year's Eve. It wasn't. It was the, 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 a few days after Christmas. They were warned to get out. I mean, obviously, Puzo glorified it to make it be New Year's Eve, big party going on and all that. Mm -hmm. But uh, everybody that left that night was allowed to leave. Batista was being thrown out. Castro was taken over. Every suitcase you could think of had cash in it. Nobody took their clothes because they had to get the money out and they only had so many times, and everybody had chartered planes. See, I mean, you know, that, I mean, it's funny because that's why Santo Traficante, who was a major guy, 
And he was around a guy we're going to talk about in our, our next show mm -hmm. that was one of my mentors. But him and uh, Johnny Ayo, Johnny Blue Eyes, and all of these guys, that's why they were in Florida. Because they used to go to Cuba. He was friends with Fidel Castro. In fact, uh, the CIA hired Santo Trafficante and Johnny Roselli after the assassination of John F. Kennedy because they couldn't get their casinos back yet. And that's what Joe promised them, you know, get, make my son president. Well, and obviously they made the mistake with Bobby and we're being redundant about the story, but that's the power they had even then. And they were, and he was close to, to Fidel Castro. Mm. I mean, the money. Well, Castro, that, Castro, when he was trying to win his guerrilla war, he made promises to everybody. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you get me in there, and everything's going to stay status quo. You guys can keep your hotels, your casinos, your whorehouses, anything you want. The day he got in, he nationalized everything. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they lost everything. Wow. The, the mob lost it all. He just took everything over. Smash! He had a big ceremony smashing uh, slot machines. All the slot machines. Thousands all, of slots. They were all Frank Costello slot machines. Smash them. They broke them Actually all up. Actually smashing them. Oh, broke them oh, all Oh, yeah. Thousands of slot machines. Big, had a big celebration. Big, big news. Uh, I mean, it was amazing. But, you know, because here, and America really wanted them, the mob, to go to Cuba. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so right after that is when everything went crazy over here. Yeah, to maintain a foothold. I mean, yeah. Cuba's 90 miles off our shore. And, you know, uh, Castro, nobody figured that Castro would do what he did because, I mean, he, would, he was arriving in power with all that income, the hotels, the casinos, and everything else. He didn't want it. He was a diehard communist. Oh, yeah. Oh. And nobody figured it. I mean, they were they were gobsmacked by this guy uh, when he kicked everybody out. And, of course, the rest is history. But uh, he, mm. he fooled everybody. Castro was a smart guy. Oh, my God. He took, uh, he took cash from everybody. You know, support me, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep everything the way it is. And he didn't do that. Yeah, but I, I couldn't believe how, how stupid the CIA was with even blow up cigars they, I mean they they tried everything they they also had uh, poison beard powder because uh, Castro used to powder his beard uh -huh. and they had they concocted some kind of poison beard powder so he figured he would put this on his beard he would inhale it and he'd die what's beard the powder exploding cigars <laughs> well, they had uh, they tried the to itch. poison him in different ways uh, well, they, you know, they, they, it was like the gang that couldn't shoot straight right and, um, the, uh, and our government was running it that's crazy. Yeah, well, that's why. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so when did it start to become a thing where to become made, you had to, you know, make your bones? Well, that, that always, always was. part of it. Well, that's that shows your loyalty. They wanted to have enough on you. And right. They didn't trust you. So first you'd be in a underling part of it and, you, and you'd be with, with a crew. And then you started earning and you, you kept being around them enough, they had you had to prove your loyalty by making your bones. Mm -hmm. so and that was I, from I've the seen a lot of guys just hanging outside the Ravenite, raising their hand for a contract. There were was, there were a couple of exceptions. There was a guy that I I knew personally. In fact, we had our uh, wedding reception in, in his place. I don't know if I should mention it. But it was a restaurant in Queens, uh, a guy named Joe, I won't give his last name, who owned it. He was a captain. 
uh, because he had tremendous earning power. This oh, guy yeah. was raking in. He didn't have to kill anybody. Right. No, <laughs> I but mean, see, he was just for the fact that he was making all this dough for them. That, that, uh, the, they let him do what he wanted to do. There's an exception to every rule. Mm. And yeah. if he came from a family, well, it's like, a, well, I can't even talk about these either because he, these guys are still alive. But if yeah. you came from a family and you're turning in what you're turning in, don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't have to kill it's, nobody. It's, mm. it's, it's all about the money. Right. And it's the other the guys that you're talking about that want to be in it, mm-hmm. and they're just you know wannabes basically. Right. But they're gonna really have to prove mm. how to, how you're gonna stay in, it and we trust you. Right. Well, what we're, what we're seeing now is a total reversal of the way it used to be. Now they're now they want Sicilians to come into the American mafia uh, to make it like the Sicilian mafia. Well, let, let me correct. Quiet, let me correct you on key. that one. <laughs> the, they, they, the people who are coming in now are real, and they're from Sicily. The, the people who are here now are running this thing. Yeah, they believe in the mafia code. They believe in omerta. They believe that's it. In in the the rules that were established two hundred years ago. And they're three that's or you don't hear anything anymore. No. There's no. And, you know, every now and then there'll be a body dropping, but that's usually some kind of a, 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 a family thing. Right. Uh, you know, there's there's no wars anymore. No. It's it's not productive. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was just going to say. Those wars hurt a lot of situations. And today, with surveillance and electronics, it's a matter of hours sometimes, and they'll know who did it. I mean, you, you can't do anything today. Right. I wouldn't even jaywalk. I mean, if I, <laughs> it's crazy. They know too much. Yeah. Too fast. You know, the cameras, uh, most if not all of the cameras now that they have in Manhattan have uh, uh, face facial recognition. recognition. Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, you can't, yeah, you, you can't do anything. You can't walk the streets. and uh, Like Gianni says, you know, it's uh, if you want to keep this thing of, of, of ours the way, you know, how, how they would convey it, the way it used to be, you have to go way under the radar. You can't right. have any kind of publicity. You, you, there's, there's not going to be any John Gotti's anymore. No. Flashing themselves on the cover of Time magazine. Those days are gone. See, this is why I, I, I myself was asked this question on a, a couple of news stories at the time my book came out, because that uh, that Frank Cali, who was ahead of the Gambino, Gambino family, mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest mistakes he made, he should have never moved up to Emerson Hill, down the block from Paul Castellano, but he did. And he was here for a while. Building. How long was he here? I never heard of the guy until he got killed. The kid that got killed, yeah. Yeah, but by, how long was he here? I he was had, here I about, never heard of him. He was about three or four years already. Really? See, that's and, the way it's supposed to be. Of now. course. And yeah. over the stupid niece's <laughs> boyfriend, I mean, I, I thought this guy was going to go to the moon. Not, not that I'm involved in it, not that I have anything to do with it, but just to get the old respect back. And other, other families, uh, I mean, not families, other cultures laugh at us. The Russians and the Albanians, I mean, these guys are strong guys. And they're big earners, man. They're big earners. Hmm. And, and they don't have any rules. None. No rules. Yeah, they kill cops, they, they, they kill women, they, 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 they don't care. Right. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you go against them. It's, and I have a lot of Albanian friends. They show John, come on. I said, no, see you later. No, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, it's, uh, 
It's crazy, but uh, this is what we're living in. But the mafia, and when you get down to the original roots, it was a good reason. And then it got out of order because, like everybody else, they got hungry and powerful hmm. and wanted the greed. So who were? Who, yeah. what, well, I'm sorry, Pat. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You go first, ladies. Um, thank you. What yeah, were well, the first cities, or if there was one, where it started in in the U.S.? Well, New York City was a major. Okay. Uh, New Orleans was major because of the waterfronts. See, a lot of these people came here as stowaways. Right. When they came in in Virginia and all of that. Mm -hmm. And most of it was networks, like Pat brought out during the Second World War. They controlled all the piers, all the waterways. And that's why, through for reconnaissance, they needed these longshoremen. And that they found submarines blowing up these cargo ships. Hmm. They were destroying our supply ship during the Second World War. So one taking, of the reasons that the, the mafia got so powerful is because of the federal government. They let them become powerful. Huh. It's like early on that when he mentioned Rome needed to get them strong right. just to control Sicily. Leave all your murdering and hating there. Hmm. And it's like the Vatican because of their, they also had their farms and even their churches. You ever robbed a church? Forget about it. Oof. And yet there's people, you know, those collections and people who are non-Catholic during those times were very far and few between. Mm. Once they settled, they settled. But um, everybody was friends with the mafia, realizing that they made a mistake if they became friends with them because <laughs> you can't give well, them. Well, the mafia is is weakened in, in, in this country. It may be bouncing back. It, it, it may not. Time will tell. What about in Sicily? Is it the same? Is they stronger? Are they weaker because of our problems here? Or what's the story over there? No, what's, what's over there? The old the old timers, and I'm talking about old timers, meaning even 30, 40 year old kids who are loyal four or five generations. I mean, I don't go uh, on with what, what they're, how they're earning money, but they are so rich because of the drug traffic. They're buying up legitimate businesses, but they are in control. Hmm. And I mean, there's two families in Sicily I know really well that they're doing who was Who was Ugo Buffa? Ugo Buffa... <laughs> I mean, Ugo, I love that name. I love the way you say uh, it. It's so good. He's, he's the, this man was so smart, under the radar. Nobody knew what and where. I was very few of the people that got to know him. I got close to him when I was over there. He was very close to the Genovese family. Well, was he the head of a what? What was his position? Um, how can I say it gently? He was a big earner, even in Israel for them. He had a legitimate business in diamonds. This man, but he's he's from a major crew out, out of Sicily. Hmm. You want to tell everybody the fingernail story? Oh, yeah, why not? That's yeah. perfect. When yeah. I first yeah. met him, he had the longest one fingernail. His pinky. His pinky fingernail. So I knew Sammy Davis had the same thing, but for a different reason. And I'm saying to myself, this guy can't be doing coke. So we got, <laughs> we got, we got really friendly. I, I remember right where it was, too. In the Villa Ajea, we were having a hotel. Uh, it's right on the water. It's an amazing hotel in Palermo. 
and we're having and we're drinking and all that. I was already there maybe three or four weeks, and I said, "I got to ask you one question. Why do you keep that fingernail?" He says, "That's a sign of respect." That's what you're talking about. He says, "Any man when we grew up could never have a fingernail like that if he was a laborer. Mm-hmm. It showed when you were out, you did nothing." Mm-mm that you are somewhat of a boss. Huh. And that's that's the old way. But uh, I take it Ugo is no longer with us? N- not too long ago either. It just passed recently. Well, he must have been quite old. Yeah. But you know what it was too with him? He lived life to the fullest. Like he, then he moved he moved to Stockholm and he stayed there for a long time. But he used to go to Monaco a lot. Hmm. And uh, but uh, he had he had a major house in Pacific Palisades in California. Oh, wow. He did no jail time? Nope. Never? Wow. Never. Wow. Smart. Well, a lot of guys did no jail time, the older, older over there especially. But uh, no, I mean, there, there's some guys that you go talk to them, it's like, whoa. Hmm. They, they lived to the code. Wow. But uh, I don't That's think you're supposed find that to do. Yeah. I mean, if, if you choose to be a Boy Scout, try to get all the merit badges you can. <laughs> it's a good comparison. Well, <laughs> I don't know why. The, the, that, that would be the former Boy Scouts. It looks like they're going under, but that's another story. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. They but they're letting girls 11. in now. They, no, they're repus- they're, uh, they went Chapter 11 a couple of days ago because they can't handle all the sexual abuse lawsuits. There's literally thousands of them. Well, it's going to be Within like Within the Boy Scouts? There won't be any more Boy Scouts. Well, the the, uh, Mm -hmm. National Boy Scouts went Chapter 11. The individual chapters across the country haven't as yet. Right. But they can't afford to pay out all all these civil suits. A lot of those The lawyer who represents a large majority of of these kids who are adults now say there's literally thousands of lawsuits that haven't even been filed yet. Oh, my gosh. Well, it it happened with the Catholic Church. And that's why the Catholic Church... 20 years ago, started selling off buildings and properties and merging churches together because the properties like in New York City are worth billions. And most, I mean, I don't know how many people realize that the Catholic Church does not pay any income tax on anything. Mm-hmm. So they became the largest landholders in the world. When yeah, you know, it's not taxes case, at all, no real estate tax on No real estate, nothing. no taxes. So they kept buying land. They had all the money and kept buying it. But like, now it's coming out of all the, they're, they're spending billions also making these settlements. Right. And it's, it's terrible to think about it. But I could remember a church or a school had their own Boy Scout uh, what a squad or what do they call that? Pack or? Uh, well, I don't know. But they used to meet in, 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 uh, in uh, churches and schools. Right. That's where the club, that's, yeah. That's, and, they, and basically it was just an extension of these pedophiles having access to these young kids. Mm. Yeah, but when, when this lawyer said thousands of lawsuits yet to be filed, I mean, <laughs> who, who can afford that? They, they, they're going to go under. The, the organization's 110 years old, and it looks like they're going to fall. But I don't see many kids walking around with those uniforms on either anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me either, yeah. It used to be all the time, on a Friday or something, you see everybody come to school. And yeah, that's true. I haven't seen one in a while. Perhaps they're all in therapy. I hope Oof. not. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Now, you, I'm talking about something like that. Hmm. 
you are the only person we know. Well, well, I should correct that. I don't. I have children your age, but I don't talk to them, so I don't know. So, <laughs> where is this where, going? Where, where in your grammar school did they have Boy Scouts and Girl well, Scouts? Well, yeah, I, I was a Girl Scout. Sure, you, you were. were. I was. Well, she still is, I think. Well, no, <laughs> no. No, that was very. My mom used to lead some of the meetings. It was yeah. We had our own little Girl Scouts in grade school. See, that's crazy. Oh, how cute! Yeah, I don't think my brother ever did it though. I don't think he was a Boy Scout, but my sister did and you, I were did, in the Girl did Scouts. Did you go door to door selling Girl Scout cookies? Well, yes, we did. We were really well, bad at life, it, but you're life in your hands doing that now. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Vanished. They go out to sell cookies. You never hear from them again. I mean, this is a different world we live in. I know that's scary. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't. Stuff know. happens. Wow. Well, I I'm I'm seeing. You, you, I can talk about this openly. Go ahead. Because you know the, the laws are so tough. You know I have gun permits and all of that, and then I talk to a lawyer because the streets in New York right now are getting terrible again. It's like the yeah. '80s with all the homeless and. You think it's getting worse? I, I think it's getting worse. And yeah, it is. The the, uh, the crime rate is going up, particularly since they changed the uh, bail law. Oh my God! Six yeah. months ago. Oh yeah. yeah they just let, let out them guy. out. We're getting off topic here, but this is interesting. They let out a guy that's been locked up 138 times for the same crime, and they had to let him go because it's a nonviolent crime. He uh, rips people off in subways. He lifts money, you know, wallets and purses. 138 times. I'd love to see those. He said, I'm never going to jail. This is great. Yeah, they gave him a license to keep his business. Oh, yeah, didn't didn't somebody, yeah, who committed subway crimes would say, oh, this is lit. Like, I don't have to go back to jail. Yeah. Right. That's so you sad. Can't, you That's can't really hold people bad. for nonviolent crimes, even selling drugs, unless it's a felony. Wait, you're, you're gone. You, you just walk out. I mean, this. Th- therefore, crime, like Johnny says, is going up. Mm. So me, who I'm watching, uh, and I don't care where you live, it's on the news all the time where these young kids are punching older men and women. Yeah, for no reason. For no just reason. Walk up to them. Just and, and, walk up and, to them. Well, a lot of them is robbery, right? Snatch and grab and all that. First, so I don't have to hurt anybody, right? Hello. So I, I made a decision, a fashion statement decision. Okay. Today, oh. I'm having a walking stick made for me. You can whack somebody with it. You got that right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a tendency now, like I said, I did four miles, and I when I walk, I walk close to windows, and people don't know why I do that. Because I could see who's, if somebody's coming behind me. You got I, the reflection. I'm so into it. But still, if two kids come up to me, like in, in the twilight in Central Park right now, mm. I will not go in there anymore. Oh, yeah. Because ever since that Central Park Five got that $40 million, these kids think, hey, we'll put a pack together. I'll go. I mean, think about it. If you are a crime-infested, mentally ill kid, let me go there. I could do ten years and come out for a millionaire. Yeah, it's just that it's for a whole variety of reasons. That, of course, and the bail thing. But I boil it down to poor leadership. Oh yeah, De Blasio. No respect for cops, and there's a whole lot of reasons. But yeah, yeah you're right. Crime is going up. When it was going, down. you know, there has to be a point though. Crime can go down so much until it it plateaus and it's got to start creeping up again. I mean, it's just society. Mm-hmm. But some of these, uh, the violent crimes are going up in, in New York. You have to protect yourself. I wouldn't want to be a, 
a lone woman walking down the street at night in New York. Oh, no. not, not to scare you, Megan, but you got to really be careful. No, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get I mean, the lectures no, no, from Gianni no, no. all the time. <laughs> Every yeah. time, man. Sure. I got to text him when I'm home. Yeah. That whole thing. Well, that's our history. On the, and everybody that listened to this tonight, if, if you have your own little stories about, you know, please contribute them because uh, I'm looking at it a total different. All my life, these people in my neighborhood were respected. Mm. They sat around in the cafes. They never went to work. They dressed well. They had the cars. So we were brainwashed early on. I want to be like, you know, Mr. Gambino. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Well, no, go go get a job at the pier, which is 15 degrees below zero, in the, and shape up in the morning. That's what you want to do? No, I want to be in the cafe with this guy. <laughs> There's no, there was no rhyme or reason there. It, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It was respect. It's part of our well, times. Times have changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Well, all okay. right. You want to head on to the mailbag? Oh yeah, please. Let's all do right, that. let's do it. So first one is from Frank. Frank says, "We loved your visit to my father's place in Roslyn, New York. While you autographed your book for my girlfriend, I asked quickly if you knew Jilly Rizzo. He owned a famous bar in Manhattan. I know Jilly was best friends with Sinatra." Do you have any interesting Jilly stories or info on his tragic death? Well, the tragic death, unfortunately, most people don't know this. Frank Sinatra gave him that Jaguar. So how was it that he died? I'm not sure of this um, uh, story. It happened in Palm Springs. He got wishboned by a car. And there's always been problems with Jaguars and their electrical system. Everything closed down. The windows wouldn't go down, the doors wouldn't open, and he literally burned to death, alive, in this while car. people were watching it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Not, not too many people do. They didn't make a big thing out of it. Do you know it. around when that was? Oh, yeah. It wasn't that. It was, well. This is the 70s, no? Yeah, it was. No, in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Oh, no. Really? That's, that's bad. Oh, yeah. Julie's been around until Sinatra, just before Sinatra retired, so. No, Frank was still performing. Jilly was still there. He had a yeah, he loyalty. He had a great bar. Yeah. Oh, Jilly's, yeah. I tell you one, the one in Chicago wasn't too bad either. They opened, they started opening them up. Mm-hmm. And we had, a, we had a Jilly South, I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. 79th Street Causeway in Florida. And and, oh. D, and Dino's Den. Did you know Dean uh, Martin had boss? Mm-mm. Yeah. yeah. He had one on Sunset and one down on in Miami also. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I heard a Jilly story uh a uh, Frank Sinatra Jilly story. Frank was uh, doing a concert in Carnegie Hall. You know, these shows usually start about 8 o'clock on Saturday night. He started drinking in Jilly's at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And he decided about 7.30, well, screw it. I'm, I'm not going. He canceled it. I know how, how the Carnegie Hall was packed. Huh. He decided he, he wasn't going to do the show. Well, he used to blame it on his voice. That's a gun horse. He's canceled a lot of shows. Yeah, but man, with only 10 minutes notice... <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes, I don't know that, but I'm just saying that uh, yeah. he's canceled a lot of shows. Yeah, that's a pretty late notice, yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. People, yeah, but he's, you know, I guess he can do anything he wants. Yeah. He's Frank Sinatra. Mm, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Okay, All right. next. All right, so next one is from a different Frank. But this Frank says, besides a Hollywood Godfather movie, what do Gianni and Pat think would make for a good movie today about the mob, be it a personality era or event? I, I mean, my personal, I don't know if there's anybody that colorful that we do a movie about. I, I mean, I... Hey, 
can't think of anything. I mean, if, if you if you want to do something historical, there's all kinds of yeah. things you can do. But, but current, I, don't, I can't think of anything. And it, I don't think it would be on the Italians. That's for sure. It would be on, you know, some other ethnic group. Well, look at Narco and all these other things. That's yeah, that's you know, there's definitely a new, killing. Uh, there's a new Narco series just came out yesterday or the day before I started watching. Yeah, the it. new season. I saw that. It's uh, uh, Narco's uh, Mexico. It, most of it's subtitled. Uh, I'm on my fourth episode. Really good. Hmm. So uh, you know, if there's going to be any movies about anything, it has to be something that people don't know about. So if they're going to do anything, it's going to be on. Uh, uh, Albanians, Russians, Ch- Chinese. The, the, you know, there's never been, for instance, a uh, uh, major motion picture about Chinese gangs, which mm. uh, don't proliferate as much as they used to. But there's there's all kinds of uh, uh, subject matter out there. Yeah, there's so much content right now that there's got to be a lot. You know, about by the, the way, uh, Martin Scorsese is doing a uh, Western. It's well, sort of a Western. Did you hear this? No. Yeah, there was a, a best-selling book about, uh, uh, it took place in Oklahoma, uh, Murder Under the Full Moon or something like that. It it was on a bestseller list for for quite a while. It was about corruption in the oil fields during the early early 20th century. Uh, People were killing uh, the landowners to get their land to put in oil wells. Anyway, he's doing it. De Niro's in it. Hmm. Uh, Of course De Niro's in it. Yeah, he's uh, currently it's in uh, pre-production. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, murder Under the Flowered Moon or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a, Mob so, movie and now Western. <laughs> well, He's doing it's it something off. that hasn't been done before, something that people would be interested in. The book yeah. was a big hit, so, uh, you know, and as Scorsese does, he puts his name on something. That's people cool. go to see it. It becomes it, a huge thing. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, next one is from Aaron. Aaron says, loving the show and the book, Gianni. It's probably one of the most interesting reads in a few years. Thanks to everyone for giving us awesome content on the regular. But I've been wondering what Gianni knows, or if he knows anything, about the Olean, New York, or Bradford, PA area. I'm originally from there, and there are records of the mob thriving in that area back in the day, and apparently served as a frequent pit stop for Al Capone. I have no idea. No. Al Capone. I mean, I live in Western mm-hmm. PA. Mm-hmm. What we have here, I like the term, disorganized crime. Yeah. <laughs> because after... Uh, Barbera died. That was the Joe Pesci part in uh, The Irishman, if you saw the movie. Uh, he was based in Harrisburg and he ran all of Western Pennsylvania. Harrisburg's like three and a half hours from Western PA in Pittsburgh in that area. Mm-hmm. But he ran this part of the state. Once he died, it was uh, it, it was open season on anything you wanted to do. If you want to put slot machines in a bar or whatever today, you just go do it. You mm. tried doing that in New York. Wow. Yeah, right. I mean, now, right yeah. now, you could do that. Oh, yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. Slots, uh, joker poker machines, anything you want to do. Jesus. Nobody stops you. There is no organized crime here anymore. Bradford, PA is a little bit east of here. Uh, but there was organized crime here, and there's organized crime families. I, I still see the names. They used to be powerful. They used to be organized criminals. Mm-hmm. This generation isn't. They're into other things. There's just no organized crime. It's a wide-open territory. In case anybody's uh, looking to be an entrepreneur, this is the place to go. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, so next one is from Paul. Paul says, I'm currently listening to Henry Bushkin's autobiography about his time with Johnny Carson. In the book, he mentions Carson almost owning the Aladdin Hotel in Las Vegas in 7980, but backs out of the deal mentioning allegations the mob pressured him to walk away, which then allowed Wayne Newton to bid unopposed. 
Giving your time and experience there, can you shed any light on this situation if true? I can definitely. Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. no um, how about I tell you who, who really owned it? Okay. Sarkis Webby out of St. Louis. That family owned it. And they went with Johnny Carson. And Johnny Carson was going to do it. But all the investors said, Johnny Carson's so rich and he's so old, let's get a new younger person. And at the time, Wayne Newton was the big guy. Ah. So they did tell him, step back. And he did. <laughs> he didn't need anything. Johnny Carson at that time. Yeah, right. Henry Bush is a good friend of mine, no less. He was, huh. his, he was his lawyer for years. Yeah. Johnny Carson used to call him Bombastic Bushkin. Yeah, yeah. Bombastic. And, and, and Henry Bushkin married one of my best friends who was like this with Sinatra. And we used to eat there every Sunday night in L.A., Maddie Jordan. And the, right. restaurant, the restaurant was called Maddie's on Westwood Boulevard. I had a table there. Sinatra had a table there. Oh, my gosh. And that's where we had Luciano's baptismal. How's that? Huh. I mean, these guys. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. I think we got time for one more. So this one is from Donald. Donald says, I've heard a lot about your solo performance gig you've been preparing and that you've now completed your first performance. Congratulations. Do you have any idea how many shows you will be doing of this? I'm planning to do at least two a month right now and see where it goes. I could do one. one I mean, I could do one a week. It's an hour and 20 minutes, <laughs> mm. and it's a lot of money. <laughs> that is true. And I love doing it. To and me, it's a it's hit like, so far. Oh, my God. It's been amazing. I can't believe it. But Sold out the next two shows. All gone already. And I want to thank We're, all my fans that, you know, we, we um, as uh, Megan posted a thing to promote Niagara Falls on March 7th, mm -hmm. and uh, 1,500 seats are gone in four days. <laughs> That's unreal. Well, I'm sold out in, in um, Atlantic City already, too, which is good. Fantastic. So keep an eye out for other locations and dates, and we'll yeah, be we'll, letting we'll everybody be letting know, you know about that. Yeah. Whether it's on and, here or yeah. Instagram, Gianni's Instagram is real Gianni Russo, if anybody doesn't know Ooh. by now. <laughs> Not the fake one. Not <laughs> <laughs> the fake one. All right. All right. Well, another amazing hour with all our friends out there. In radio land or computer land or how do we... <laughs> Phone, land, technology land, technology, all of it. Okay. Technology land. But thank you for support, man. And tell your friends, we need more subscribers. <laughs> Please. God bless you all. Good night. Good night, everyone. Have, have a good night, folks. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.
I do 